When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And uh, with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hello, Bug Funkers! <laughs> nice well, to... Well, well, well. Hi, Art. Hello, Andy. Good to be back. Is it good to be back, Andy? Oh, I'm feeling great. Thanks yeah. for having me. I'm sure you are. You know, I've uh, I've really been uh, enjoying this rotating slate of guest co-hosts uh-huh. over the last few weeks. Well, you've been out on a romp. Right. Uh, out on a bender. Yeah. I know, uh, Bunk Funkers, you've probably noticed that I've been a little bit quieter than usual, and it's because I was not here. <laughs> uh, I don't want you to think that I was lurking in the shadows, hanging around the open-faced toilet. Yeah. Uh, I was not here. I he was not here. Was given a reprieve from mm. abduction, right, for a few weeks by Mister Bunker. That's right. So that I could pursue some passion projects. Yeah, you know, uh, it's kind of bullshit. You know, a lot of people refer to us as the Job of the Hut and Salacious B. Crumb of podcasting, and for a while there. <laughs> yeah, they do. They've been referring to us as Job of the Hood and Salacious Crumb, crumb. Yeah. of podcasting. And people have been showing up to check out the Rancor. And I have to be like, I don't know how to open the pit. I don't know how to open it. I'm just Salacious Crumb. Job is out. <laughs> Job is out on business. Bonefuckers, I want you to know something. <laughs> and I think this is important that it is lore, it is canon that huts reproduce asexually. And I just think you should keep that in mind. I don't know if there's better literary and fictional characters to describe us. I really don't think there are. If you can think of a better comparison for the two of us, I'd like to hear it because I don't think so. Oh, Christ. But anyway, now, okay, we're back. We're in the palace. Yeah. We're on the throne. Salacious Crumb and Jabba the Hutt. 
We'll let you figure out who's who. But you, you've been out and you have, um, I have some prepared remarks I'd like to read. To address, to address the, the last few. All right, bunk funkers. All right. Bunk funkers. First of all, first of all, thank you. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. Despite my absence, I fully realize I'm the primary, if not the only reason 99.9% of you listen every week. <laughs> And I'm so grateful you continued to listen to our back catalog to get your fix of me while I was away. Also, please know that I fully understand how gratifying it is that you did continue to support this show during my hiatus. Wow. It means so much to me that you all realize that I'm capable of so much more than this podcast. Wow. And I definitely haven't peaked before reaching adulthood, and it's not even remotely true to say that I'm barely tolerable or valuable in pretty much any sense. It makes me so happy you all know I'm a shining star and that my trajectory is straight up. Yeah. I heard that art has been keeping you updated on my successes. Now, to be clear, I heard it from beloved bunk funkers and proud patrons in the bunker discord. I personally certainly don't have time to listen to this podcast and it's inane ramblings and frat house humor. Regardless, I have been chasing my dreams and achieving them. Oh, oh, for instance, my NFT Colonel Andy's old fashioned fudge money was the darling of the holiday season, whichever holiday it was when I did that. My revival of The Little Rascals was lauded by basically everyone connected to the project uh-huh. and was only derailed due to excessive and, frankly, unnecessarily greedy legal action <laughs> taken by Little Rascals creator Hal Roach's great-grandson, Sigmund Siggy Rhett Roach. I get it that your great-grandfather produced the uh, this originally and you might want a piece of the action or whatever, but I wasn't just reviving The Little Rascals, uh-huh. bumfunkers. I was reimagining them. Okay. You know, one day on the set, somebody told me, or I thought of it in my head, that somebody should tell me that they wished I had actually created the Little Rascals originally because my version was clearly the Apex version. Oh, oh, wow, really? Yeah, so either somebody told me this or I thought in my head somebody should tell me that. (laughs) Um, So while I was ultimately denied a big theatrical release for my Little Rascals, again, on account of Siggy Rhett Roach's greedy money grab and slander, I mean, can you believe he said... He said that me, your lovable co-host Andy, mm-hmm. was offensive to every human sense and sensibility. He's a coward. A coward. My little rascals won't get their time in the theatrical spotlight. And that's something I've got to deal with. But I'm confident that the footage will live on and become something of a cult classic. Yeah. Informing future generations of the proper way to do revival of an existing intellectual property. Sure. And uh, also proving once and for all that Siggy Roach is a fucking dumb shit asshat. Yeah, fuck you, Siggy Roach. Siggy Roach. Fucking Siggy Rhett Roach, whatever. <laughs> Cockroach is now, more like it. I also know, Bunk Funkers, you heard about my OnlyFans. Mm. Please feel free to sign up if you'd like to get your daily fix of fast food mascots banging each other and doing weird shit to the food from their restaurants. Just go to www.onlyfans.com slash Burger King 69ing Mayor McCheese. We've got some super hot content where Jack from Jack in the wow. Box jerks off Frisch's big boy. Oh, and we just uh, we just had an extended video of the oven mitt from Arby's fucking the Jolly BB in its fat B ass. It's good stuff. Uh, uh, uh. And lastly, behind. yeah, his fat B behind. <laughs> I also yeah. know that uh, Art told you about my Chia Pets. Mm-hmm. And I just want to take a minute and address this. Mr. Clean is looking very nice. Thank you very much. I even was able to add the extremely anatomically correct and detailed body. So I guess you could say I've had quite a time. 
It is an adventure, that's for sure. After just constantly doing whatever I set out to achieve over and over again, everything I set out to achieve, I just do it. Uh, you're probably wondering why I came back at all and don't just retire to my mansion in Malibu, content knowing that I'm beloved by all good people of the earth and that I've had a profound impact on human culture and civilization. Yeah. It's understandable, but don't sell yourself short, bunk funkers. You make this all worthwhile. Wow. I'm so glad to be back to keep serving up whole enchiladas with my co-host Art. Wow. Thanks again for your support. And remember, Cigarette Roach is a funky tool. <laughs> Fuck him. Wow. Uh, beautifully said, Andy. Uh, brings a tear to my eye, really. Um, except for, you know, the coward who is Cigarette Roach. Yeah. Uh, that guy's a piece of shit. That guy can fucking suck one. But, yeah. um Oh, God. Excuse me. We're sneezing. I'm going to cut that out. Maybe. Uh, Mr. Bunker got a cat while I was gone. Uh, I guess so. I'm a little allergic, but that's okay. Uh, Andy, it's good to have you back. I know the Bunk Funkers are going to be excited that you're back. I'm excited that you're back. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and shit all over you. Uh, you, you. You won't do it, even though I asked. No, um, you know, you you have a lot of passions, you have a lot of ideas, and sometimes you just need to uh, get it out of the system, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say that I'm more of a dreamer than you are. You're, right. You're fine doing the same thing uh-huh. over and over and over again. And yep. Re- just <laughs> accepting your lot in life. Yep, but definitely. Me, I'm more restless. I'm a bit of a mover and a shaker. You're a hustler. Yeah, I'm a hustler. I'm a, I've got that real, you know... Rise and grind yeah. mindset. You're big, sort of a Sigma male. Yeah, Sigma male. You're big into Gary V. You love mm-hmm. DJ Khaled. Right. DJ Khaled and I uh, are collaborating right now. Whoa. On an album. On an album. Yeah. We're, we're doing a, an album where he says his name over and over and over again. And I uh, just, I scream self-help platitudes <laughs> into the microphone. Um. Well, I look forward to uh, definitely listening to that in yeah. its entirety. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. Definitely uh, listening to the whole thing. Yeah. It's, on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be 55 tracks. Wow. 55 tracks. Five tracks. Five tracks. Well, Andy, thank you for, for filling in the bunk funkers on your absence and such. And, um, you know, uh, but but we also have another. Uh, not to steal words from the uh, innumerable what uh, Judge Hamo, uh, we have another point of decorum. The, the innumerable. I don't know. I just had to think of a word, and I just thought of innumerable. Wow. Um, uh, Judge Hamo, uh, point of decorum that we have to bring up about right. the show itself. Right. Right. You know, over the years here, uh, Mr. Bunker has always asked us to kind of um, put together more of a formalized, I guess if you could call it, kind of approach to showcasing his research. But, you know, recently, kind of with some of your absences and like some other things, you know, um, we've decided that we're going to take a little bit of a looser approach to some of the uh, research portion, as you could call it, I guess. Um, We're going to do a little bit more of a looser approach where it's it's more of um, to, to maximize kind of the you know, the the research, it's like, I think we're going to have one of us kind of doing it and sort of explaining it to the other one. It's still going to be, you know, the same research. It's just, I think, a little bit looser of a format, less scripted. Yeah. And this is going to be 
One will be the student and one will be the teacher. One right. of us is delving deep into Mr. Bunker's archives right. and his research on these topics every week and going to share it with you and with the other co-host. We hope you guys like it. It's still going to be the same, you know, uh, humor and branding and Andy and Art fucking uh, spin on it because God knows we won't let Mr. Bunker do exactly what he wants. <laughs> we don't let anybody do exactly what Yeah, they want. we're going to have a bit of a say in this. <laughs> But um, it's just going to be a little bit of a looser, less less scripted format where it's sort of like one person kind of teaching the other. Um, if you are a patron of all, you will be very familiar with this looser format because we use it quite frequently over there. But you're still going to have the verdict. You're still going to have the discussion. You're still going to have all that. Yeah. 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 We're just the uninterrupted research portion. That's not changing. We're just we're just cha- we're undoing the belt a little, right? We're taking the top button off. We're undoing the top the button. Al Bundy. We're unzipping the fly. Or what? Married with children. Yeah, sticks his hand in his pants. Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna be un. We're undoing the belt. Yeah. We're unbuttoning the top button. We're unzipping the fly. We're placing our hand onto our genitals, and then we're gonna talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean the top. So just know that the whole yeah. time we're doing the research, you and you're getting the whole enchilada on this research one of us is touching our genitals the entire time that's true and that's our pledge to you that is our pledge um it won't clean any surfaces we promise you that no it's our pledge no my pledge is much different yeah and and the topic we have today is is a fucking fantastic one i think it is a great it's a it's one of the seminal uh seminal oh i'm sorry seminal i always do that (laughs) (laughs) what a brain fart extraterrestrial encounters yeah. in popular culture. Wow. This is a far-reaching tale of folks be- being potentially attacked by beings from another planet. This is the origin of the little green men. This is the thing that started the whole craze. I mean, there's a lot more to this story. Obviously, we're going to talk about it. But um, today, the topic we're discussing is called the we're going to, well, I'm going to call it this. The Call it what you want. It. This doesn't really have like a super cool name or anything. It's the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. The Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. And you are going to be playing the uh, the researcher and I will be the student. I, right. I do not know about Mr. Bunker's research on this. Yeah, Bunkfuckers, if you really enjoyed me being gone, fuck you because I'm back <laughs> and I'm taking over. <laughs> well, Bunkfuckers, uh, we look forward to it and, and we thank you for your uh, listenership and we hope you enjoy the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time. Podcast. Island. Don't shoot my alien, my silvery little alien. I just don't think he'd understand. Because if you shoot my alien, my silvery little alien, he mightn't blow up in the sense that he ends up forming the basis of one of the most enduring pop culture ideas about extraterrestrial beings. Woo! Bunkfunkers, if you love Billy Ray Cyrus like I do, wow, today's episode is for you. Our story today, the Kelly Hopkinsville extraterrestrial encounter, takes place in Kentucky. Kentucky is the state where Billy Ray Cyrus was born. Billy Ray Cyrus was, in fact, born in Flatwoods, 
Kentucky. Wow. Sounds a lot like Flatwoods, West Virginia, home of the Flatwoods Monster. Might remember from previous episodes, huh? Yeah, like episode 15 or something. Yeah, this is going in the Wayback Machine. Check it out. And today's tale bears some resemblance to that of the Flatwoods Monster, frankly. Lastly, but not leastly, one of the main figures in today's topic is a guy named Billy Ray. Not Billy Ray Cyrus. No, it's not Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, but, can you imagine so, if it was? Oh, if it was, yeah. Slam dunk. <laughs> so let's get into a bluegrass state of mind. Wink. And get some info on this alleged E.T. visitation. All right. Our story begins on the evening of Sunday, August 21st, 1955. Billy Ray Taylor. Mm, Billy Ray. Billy Ray Taylor mm. and his wife, June, June Taylor, were visiting the unincorporated town of Kelly, Kentucky, staying at the family farmhouse of his friend, Elmer Lucky Sutton. Yeah. T- <laughs> Could have gone with FUD. Yeah. Elmer FUD. Elmer, Missed opportunity. Elmer FUD Sutton. Yeah, they call me FUD Sutton. <laughs> FUD Sutton's up in here. Uh, so, uh, the Taylors and uh, Lucky and his wife were all apparently between jobs, uh, which their jobs were working for traveling carnivals. What? They really? Were, they were carnies. Wow, did not see that coming. So, you know, these were just some work friends getting together to catch up and talk about all the office politics and whatnot. You know, things like uh, charming snakes, sawdusting puke, and caramel apples. Yum. <laughs> As most carnival folk do talk about carnival. When you think of a carnival, you definitely think of a caramel apple. Caramel apples. Yum. And, uh, you know, funny. I I think this is worth mentioning that Elmer got the nickname Lucky while working at the carnival because he got the word Lucky tattooed on the fingers of his left hand. What the fuck was he doing with his left hand? I don't know. Getting it tattooed. What was he doing with his right hand? (laughs) Uh, so also at the house, uh, so get your pens and paper out for this. Also at the house was Lucky's wife, Vera, Lucky's mother, Glennie Lankford, Lucky's older brother, John Charlie JC, he's called JC, uh, JC's wife, Aileen, Lucky's three younger half siblings, Lonnie, Charlton, and Mary. Charlton? Charlton. Charlton. I want a Charlton chew. Aru. Aru. Oh, and uh, also Aileen's brother, O.P. Baker. Okay, come on. <laughs> but don't worry, he got nerfed in the last patch. He was no longer O.P. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so Good one. So for all of you keeping score at home, I hope you wrote that down. That's 11 people in the house that night, okay? Yeah, bunk people. funkers who like to sit around and, and record baseball-like stats while listening <laughs> right. to this show. <laughs> yeah, notch a double for yeah. Lucky Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> So around 7 p.m. that evening on August 21st, 1955, Billy went outside to the well to collect some water. This home had no running water. It had no indoor plumbing. So while Billy was outside, something in the sky got his attention. Billy later described the silvery object he saw as, quote, real bright with an exhaust all the colors of the rainbow. End quote. The object came silently toward the house passed over it about 30 or 40 feet overhead, stopped in the air, and then dropped straight to the ground, seeming to disappear into the 40-foot gully at the end of the fields. Billy recalled that he hadn't heard an explosion, just a hissing noise, 
as the object landed somewhere behind the farmhouse. Billy ran inside to tell the others at the farmhouse, but no one took him seriously. That is until the dogs began to bark about half an hour later. Someone, or something, was approaching the house. As whatever it was got closer, the dog put its tail between its legs, ran under the house, and was not seen again until the next day. Wow. We've seen this before with other alien encounters, Andy, with the fucking animals. Starting off very flat woodsy. Yes, it is. Mm Mm-hmm. So Lucky and Billy went to the back door of the house and they could see a strange glow in the midst of this glow. They also saw what appeared to be a small humanoid creature about three and a half feet tall. It had a quote oversized head, almost perfectly round. Its arms extended almost to the ground. Hands had talons and its oversized eyes Glowed with a yellowish light. End quote. Yellow king bye. Yellow king bye. Matt Cochran. <laughs> the creature also had big, floppy, leathery ears. Okay, it's salacious crumb. It's salacious. <laughs> yeah, this is salacious crumb. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I should have mentioned this at the top, but uh, Billy Ray Taylor also is Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> he was the guy that played Jabba the Hutt in the Star Wars. Boogie. So uh, the creature had big, floppy, leathery ears. The body gave off an eerie shimmer in the light of the light, the night's new moon. They said as if it was quote, it was made of quote, silver metal end quote. So it looks like a metallic body, like a silver surfer, right? This is a silver surfer, a a weird little critter, floppy leathery ears on the silver surfer. Like imagine salacious crumb on a surfboard, right? God damn it. I love Salacious Crumb. Uh, he's a good character. <laughs> Does he factor into the Mandalorian much? I don't know. He might be in it. He should be if he's he not. Be, yeah. Um, Let's get the Salacious Crumb spinoff. Yeah. He's got like a whole like life. Uh, Bugfuckers, look out for our new subreddit that we're starting. <laughs> R Salacious Crumb. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how Glennie Langford. Remember, this is Lucky Sutton's mother. Uh, this is how Glennie Langford later described her first sighting of the creature to ufologist Isabel Davis, who is the author of, uh, along with uh, someone else, there's more stories, right, in there, but right. uh, she specifically did a lot of research into this Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Okay. Uh, and the book is called Close Encounter at Kelly and Others of 1955. And here's what Glennie Langford said, quote, I went out in the hallway and crouched down next to Billy when I saw one approaching the door. It looked like a five-gallon gasoline can with a head on top and small legs. It was a sh- it was a shimmering bright metal like on my refrigerator. Okay. End quote. I mean, if you saw a gasoline-like alien nowadays, you'd fucking capture that little critter. <laughs> you'd be worth gold, <laughs> baby. You know the price of gas out there? You gonna be? <laughs> Get over here, you little alien critter. You could tell this was different times. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, let me tell you, uh, I really relate uh, to Glennie Langford when she saw this thing. Me, me personally. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, because he, what she told Isabel Davis is that um, she had crouched down next to Billy at the back door of the farmhouse trying to get a peek at the creature. And after she'd seen it, she said, quote, I tried to get up from my crouch position to move back farther from the door. I did not make it as I am heavy and my legs had become stiff from remaining in a crouch position a long time. And being in the dark, I lost my balance and fell flat on the floor, making a thud-like noise and letting out a shriek, end quote. I've never, ever felt more like one of the people in one of these stories than I do with this one. 
I am Glennie Langford. And I respect the hell out of her for telling her story that exact for way. For admitting it. To a the only researcher. Way, I think the only way it could ever get more accurate is if a character in one of these stories said, yeah, I was sitting on the toilet for a really fucking long time and my entire leg fell asleep. So Both legs. So, so I had to stand up from the toilet and hold myself onto the windowsill to stabilize myself until my legs worked. Yeah, the only difference between me and Glennie Langford is that Glennie Langford's house didn't have indoor plumbing. <laughs> And so I would have just peeked my head out of the bathroom to see what was going on. And when I was finished playing mobile games, I would have tried to stand up. But I would have had to steady myself against the shower because my legs are both asleep. My feet, I can't feel them at all. Meanwhile, Clash of Clans has fallen into the toilet. <laughs> there goes your whole clan. Turn right up! <laughs> uh, oh, my God. So God bless Glennie Langford. God bless Glennie Langford. Now back to the night in question. All right. The creature that they had seen approached the back door of the house slowly with its hands in the air, quote, as if someone had told him he was about to be robbed, end quote. All right. But those gathered at the Sutton farmhouse weren't going to go down without a fight, even if it wasn't clear that this creature wanted to fight them at all. Kind of seemed like it didn't. It seemed like it was approaching in peace, but they we said- We take godly to you around here, salacious crumb. They, they said they were- they would. This not, is most Espa. It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where the uh, brave uh, the brave Union soldiers were too- They were too brave to accept the Confederate surrender. <laughs> well, this is exactly that. Um, so, so he's approaching like with his hands up. He's got his hands in the air. The yeah. You know, the international symbol for, I don't have a weapon, don't right, shoot right, me. Right, 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 and right. they said, fuck this, we're going to shoot you. And uh, so Lucky and Billy grabbed their guns. Uh, Lucky grabbed a 20-gauge shotgun, and Billy picked up a 22 rifle. When the creature got within 20 feet of the back door, both men opened fire. <laughs> Hands in the air. That's just how you greet people in That's Kentucky. Just, yeah, this is just a regular farm greeting. Uh, the creature somersaulted backwards, Whoa. or, quote, did a flip, end quote, as Lucky and Billy described it, gathered itself off the ground, and ran off using both hands and feet to run. Jeez. Another creature popped up outside a window in the living room. Lucky and Billy shot at it through the screen. Once again, the creature did a flip and ran off. Look at the fucking Beverly Hillbillies up right? there. Oops. Now, the drama escalated when Billy stepped outside under the small overhanging roof, and those behind him saw a claw-like hand reach down and touch his hair. Aileen Sutton pulled Billy back inside while Lucky shot above the overhang and then at another similar creature in a nearby tree. The creature floated to the ground and then scurried into the woods. Now they fucked up. They fu yeah. Now you fucked up. You fed the gremlins yeah. after midnight and now you fucked up. Well, Billy Ray Cyrus. Well, Taylor, whatever your name is. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> good, good reference art as you're going to find out. Yeah. So the men reported uh, that when the creatures were on the ground and they got shot, which... I just want to point out, if it's not clear from what I've said so far, they're not just shooting at them. They are hitting them. They're hitting targets. They're hitting these creatures. Is there anything about, like, the fucking, are they making cool noises? Are they going, like, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds sort of like metal. It's like if you shoot oh. something metal. And so it's like a ping, ping, ping. And when they shoot them, they're doing, if they're on the ground, they do this flip. And then they scurry off. <laughs> but when they shoot it in the tree, or it's up higher, the things float down. Like a leap. To a different level or the ground, and then they run away. What the fuck? That's crazy. Uh, so um, it was also noticed that when the creatures were shot or shouted at, 
their bodies seem to glow brighter. Oh. So there's a suspicion that they maybe are sensitive to sound, for example, because shouting at them seemed to make them glow brighter. So over the next few hours, the aliens drew close and then retreated. They flipped up into the trees when the humans tried to shoot them. Later on, Lucky and Billy Ray went out to survey the front yard while JC, OP, and Glenny waited inside. JC at the ready with a cocked gun. Someone yelled to look up in the maple tree. This time, everyone could clearly see one of the, quote, little men perched on a branch above them. They shot at it, but instead of falling, the being floated off. Huh. The noise they heard when they fired at another one coming around the corner sounded like bullets hitting metal. They said, yeah, it floated. It floated away, too. Uh, realizing their gunfire was useless at this point, the men all came inside. They just hold up inside. Uh, Lucky was trying to think of what to do next when they heard scratching coming from the roof. He darted outside, pointed his gun at the top of the house, and fired at the creature there. Smart. The being floated down and scrambled out of sight beyond the trees, seemingly unharmed like the others. Finally, when everything seemed quiet, uh, the group piled into cars and fled into uh, nearby Hopkinsville to beg the police for help. Wow. So they arrived at the uh, Hopkinsville police station. This is in Kentucky again. Around 11 p.m., and told the police their bizarre story. Uh, and I just want to point out here, Bunk Funkers, the famous medium Edgar Casey was born near and lived in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. So you can check out our episode for, with our pal TJ from Pick Me Podcast at Pick Me Pod for more info. Great episode. But this Hopkinsville, a lot of weird stuff going on here. Yeah. So anyway, the group from the farmhouse told the police that, quote unquote, little men had surrounded the farmhouse, peering at the frightened families as they attempted to gain entry which is pretty much how all of my erotic <laughs> dreams start. Hmm? Yeah. All these little, little men. little men peering at me from outside. Oh, wow. Trying to gain entry. Yeah. Very voyeuristic. Yeah. These little men. So the little men, uh, the family reported uh, <laughs> to police were short monkey, like with long arms and webbed hands with talons, large, bright offset eyes and pointed ears. They've had like 15 different descriptions at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look like a gas can with a head. That's different than a fucking monkey. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the, well, they're metallic. Yeah, but we're getting to we're it. gonna we're gonna sort of synthesize all, all right, this. All, all right. right. So, Evansville Press artist Larry Hill did a sketch of one of the little men, and the sketch appeared in the newspaper along with a report on the encounter. And I, the the sketch is definitely worth checking out. There's several different sketches that were done at the time in 1955. Uh, they all look fairly similar, to be honest. Um, so I think you should definitely look at these. It's worth your effort. So uh, you can see what they actually looked like. Um, and they do look exactly like the same as the er erotic little men from my dreams. Oh, my God. Look honest. at these little fucking things. Um, little salacious crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to point out, though, that in my dreams, these men aren't little in every way. Wink. Yeah, a very strong lack of dongs here, Larry. Um, there's no dong edge on any of these guys, these little men's. That's right. Yeah. But they are fucking kooky. These are some crazy looking critters. Not a lot of good descriptions of the genitalia of these little men. Definitely looks like a... One of them looks really good, and the rest kind of look like a kindergartner drew them. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, wow. But, like, Jeez. these are nutty. Yeah. They've got, like, little gills on their sides, these crazy mm. ears, uh, these weird... They look like they're wearing, like, bug goggles. Like swimming goggles. You remember those goggles? Pool goggles? Yeah. That would make you look like a bug? Yeah. Or a shark? Right. Those were badass. Yeah. 
These look like they're wearing them. Yeah. One guy's got a t-shirt on that looks like a coffee cup. He's he's zoinking out. He looks like he's on something. Yeah, these guys are nutty, dude. I like these critters. <laughs> these are some fun-looking critters. Art's, art's into the critters. So check it out for yourself, bug funkers. Look in the show notes. There's lots of the links have pictures of the, oh, yeah. the little men in them. So Hopkinsville police, which were assisted by deputy sheriffs, state police, and military police from nearby Fort Campbell, and a photographer from the Kentucky New Era newspaper, uh, all investigated the incident that night. They went right to the farmhouse after the family showed up at the police station, uh, and they found no tracks or markings outside of the home, only the evidence of gunshots fired from inside the farmhouse. And this is just like the police who investigated my house. Uh-huh. After all, my neighbors complained about me shooting guns inside the house. I mean, that was so unfair. It's like, your neighbors are just so nosy. It's, it's like, like, hello, uh, what country are we in? Yeah, it's like, I thought we lived in America. And I thought I was inside my own home. Oh, I didn't realize that, oh, 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 I can't shoot guns in my own house because you get offended about where the bullets end up? No, you were doing cool cowboy tricks with your guns. That's and it right. Was like, it was like... You know, you were flipping, doing cool flips. You were trying to be, you were calling yourself Andy Oakley. Mm-hmm. You wore Oakley sunglasses on That's the right. back of your head upside down. Very cool. Right. Very cool goatee you grew. You right. were doing cool gun tricks. And I got my hair culture. spiked, blonde tips. I'm wearing a flame shirt, mm-hmm. uh, cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. I got boots. Mm-hmm. I got chaps, no underwear at all. Mm-hmm. Jock strap. <gasps> and I'm I'm doing all these tricks. I'm flipping around, uh-huh. you know, spinning the gun on my finger. I'm doing like Harlem Globetrotter okay, stuff. Yeah, but I with mean, a revolver. You're not, you, you had to learn, you know, and you're <laughs> dropping the gun and it's going off. That's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. How you you know, I get so sick of these neighbors that I have who don't think that you need to practice something. Like, excuse me that you're an expert marksman <laughs> on your first time. Well, I'm not. I have to practice, okay? You know what? Your neighbors are just so schnobby. They just, you know, they think they're so, they're like the people growing up who was like, oh, like, you know, you play Guitar Hero with them and they're like, oh, well, I'm not, and they're just immediately good at it. And meanwhile, I'm over here playing John the Fisherman on fucking medium. They're over there soloing it on expert, right. anger 18 on expert. It's like, I can't do that. Right. It's not fair. And it's not, not fair. Fun. And frankly, you know, Fuck them, dude. Look, I've invited them to my house for cookouts before, and they don't have a problem when I'm opening their bottles of beer with my gun. They keep asking, oh, no, we don't want anything to drink. But then you can tell, oh, they're very excited when I shoot the cap off the bottle. And they always have to, they're always like, oh, like, you know, they always have some excuse. They want to leave early. And they say these like, fake things like you're making us uncomfortable and we've asked you to stop and like it's too loud for our children you don't provide ear protection and it's like oh my god with the excuses it's like just shut up please the last time we came to your house to talk to you about this you tried to open the door by shooting it <laughs> and so we had to leave and you said oh wait hang on hang on they somebody replaced the people let me make a new one i can't see who's outside right make sure it's actually you guys right <laughs> i mean i don't know i you know, some people you just can't even work with them. They they won't That's crazy. they won't give you any credit for anything. Yeah. And they keep complaining about, oh, well, the bullets come into our house. Oh, the bullets killed all our dogs. <laughs> and it's like, how am I responsible for where a bullet goes? Do I control bullets? <laughs> Do I look like Magneto? I don't understand what they expect. It's like, yeah, the bullet's got to go somewhere. I mean, you do wear that cape and you do have that like tinfoil kind of hat that you wear sometimes. Yeah, but I don't have the real crown. powers. Yeah, right. it's, it's, it's a cosplay. It's bullets. a cosplay. Yet. It's a cosplay. Right. 
yet. Yeah, I am training. I have been drinking a lot of mercury and I hope someday to be magnetic. But until that time, I don't have it. They should just stop complaining. It's very annoying. They should just stop complaining. Anyway. I bought them a new dog. Died. Ran in the path of a bullet. Stupid dog. (laughs) (laughs) So they're all gathering at this farmhouse, huh? Right. And uh, so one thing, the so the investigation didn't find any evidence of these little men, only uh-huh. the evidence of the gunshots from inside the house. But one thing the investigators did find outside the farmhouse, on a spot in the yard where supposedly one of the creatures landed after being shot. So the creature got shot and fell, you know, did the flip onto the grass. Um, in this spot of grass, there was a luminous spot on the ground about one and a half feet in diameter. Wow. Uh, the investors, the investigators could not identify a source for this luminescence, a glowing spot on the ground okay. where one of the creatures allegedly fell. That's kind of neat. Um, another officer that night reported seeing a meteor shower in the area, but no flying saucer. Initially, the officer reported that the meteors made sounds like artillery fire or a whining noise. So things that meteors don't do. Um, he said they were definitely not normal meteors because he'd just seen the Perseids earlier that month. Later on, though, the officer revised his testimony to say that what he saw were just ordinary old meteors. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just seen the Perseids earlier that month, and I can tell you that these are not the same kind of meteors. These are not the same. <laughs> Around the station, they're calling me Mr. Meteor. Because <laughs> I'm just the expert on meteors now. <laughs> I'm a meteor guy. I'm a meteor guy. Yeah, I would say I've uh, got a couple of tellies. Know everything about meteors. Uh, <laughs> saw the Perseids last month. I don't know if you checked that out. <laughs> so all that said, once the police and others left the farmhouse, Glennie Langford said the creatures returned between 2.30 a.m. and daybreak. She said she saw one glowing by her bedside window, its claw-like hand on the screen of the house. Again. Very reminiscent of my own erotic dreams. That's true. So the day after the incident, police investigators returned to the farmhouse to search in the light of day and searching for evidence of a flying saucer landing, footprints, blood trails, or scratch marks on the roof. They found nothing. Wow. In a bit of agreement with Glennie Langford's account, though, neighbors of the family told two officers that the families that were in the farmhouse that night had, quote, quote unquote, packed up and left after claiming, quote, the creatures had returned about 3.30 in the morning, end quote. Okay. So even the neighbors agreed with that little bit of the story. All right. So uh, the U.S. Air Force did mention the incident in the files of Project Blue Book, which was the United States Air Force's famous UFO study. Right. Um, and this got mentioned uh, in the context of them requesting more information from Fort Campbell personnel in 1957. So this is a couple years after the incident. Um, in expectation of inquiries related to an upcoming magazine article on the incident. So, Jesus. In 1957, a magazine article was going to be published in which this incident was going to be mentioned. The Air Force was trying to get ahead of this to respond to inquiries, so they requested more information from Fort Campbell uh, because Fort Campbell was somewhat involved in the investigation. Wow. Fort Campbell told the Blue Book investigator a formal military investigation was never launched and that they didn't have much information. Still... Others at the farmhouse the day after the incident reported seeing and even speaking to Air Force personnel on the property. 
Interestingly, the documents, uh, the Blue Book documents, include a statement by Fort Campbell's Major John Albert, in which the Major asserts that he was asked to go to the Sutton property and see if the media reports should be looked into further. According to the Major, the group at the farmhouse had been to a religious meeting at Glennie Langford's church on the night of the 21st, gotten worked up into a religious frenzy, and went home and mistook a silver-painted monkey for an E.T., and I don't mean like a statue of a monkey. I mean a real life monkey that was painted silver. Which honestly is is a mistake we've all we've all this guilty is a of classic making this mistake. conundrum. You're out having a religious meeting, not a religious service, a religious meeting. You get worked up into a frenzy, you're feeling the madness overtake you, the word of the Holy Spirit. And then you go home and there's a silver painted monkey acting a muck on your property. I mean, what the hell? I mean, I was raised as uh, in, in a Christian church. Yeah. Uh, a, a, you know, a, one of these like uh, Episcopal, born again, like whatever uh-huh, you want to call uh-huh. it. And, um, you know, I, I did experience my fair share of uh, religious ceremonies. And this is really one of the symptoms, you know, people sometimes report feel, feeling overtaken. They start speaking in tongues. Right. And you also oftentimes feel like monkeys are men. And it's just part of the religious, that's the Holy Spirit well, moving through you. People forget about the parable of Jesus and his silver painted monkey. Right. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't, people want to skip over all these, all these. Oh, he turns the water into wine. Oh, he lays Lazarus from the dead. Ooh, ooh, he's washing feet here. He's kissing babies there. He's riding a donkey over there. What about Jesus and his silver painted monkey? We honestly don't talk about it enough, and I think this is just goes to show you that a lot of Christians are dis- disingenuous. They like to pick and choose from the Bible, but you got to take the book as a whole. Silver paint a monkey. You never spank the monkey. You always paint it silver. Right. That's the lesson. Paint your monkey silver. That's right. So uh, the major statement is accompanied by a statement allegedly given by Glennie Lankford in which she gives a unique account of the evening, confirming that what she saw, quote, looked like a monkey, end quote. Now, the statement is very heavily disputed because it is famous sun- Kentucky monkeys, right? The famous, <laughs> which we will talk, we will discuss more. But oh my god, Glennie Langford, there's no evidence that she actually said this. Okay, there's only evidence that she signed it. So somebody gave her a report saying, "Hey, did you say this?" this and she went, "Fuck yeah, dude." This is a typed document. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's no way that Glennie Langford could have written this. Because it's typed. Oh. So somebody at the base typed this. So the suspicion is that the base typed this up, gave it to her and asked her to sign it. Right. And then she signed it, um, which will, you know, we'll we'll discuss the motivations for that. And I mean, a lot of people don't know. I just want to point that out. That's why you should always read terms and conditions on stuff. Yeah. I mean, you never know what you might be fucking signing off If you're downloading a mobile app and you're not reading every last word (laughs) of the agreement. Sorry, but you failed. You failed. So, uh, despite the lack of law enforcement findings, the media quickly spread the strange news of these so-called Hopkinsville goblins, or little men. Reporting about this incident helped to popularize the term little green men as a generic term used for aliens, although the color green was not mentioned in the group's original interviews. That's so weird. Uh, Remember, the group at the Sutton Farmhouse said that the little men were silver. Wow. Apparently... The little metallic men from the Sutton House were conflated with an Eastern Kentucky woman's report of a flying saucer and a six-foot-tall man in green 
leading to the popularization of the little green men trope. Thanks a lot, Eastern Kentucky. You fucked it up. The media fucked this up. They got the two stories confused. Jesus Christ. It's little silver men, little silver monkey little men. Little silver monkey men. So regardless of all that, Local and national news coverage of the goblins caused a wave of copycat sightings in the area. In bed with a goblin. Looking at goblins. There's a goblin over there. <laughs> Goblins. Goblins. <laughs> These are little monkey men. <laughs> These are little goblins. These are globalists. <laughs> These are little globalist goblins coming around outer space. They weren't green. They were silver. <laughs> the media wants you to believe they were green, but they're actually silver. They look like gas cans. They don't look like monkeys at all. They look like gas cans. <laughs> hey, you shoot them, then they float down real gently like a leaf and then do a couple little flip, scurry off like a monkey. Well, they don't look like monkeys. Let's not get confused here. They are globalists. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about some of these copycat sightings. Huh? Sure. So a group of Evansville, Indiana, which is which is about 80 miles north of Hopkinsville on mm -hmm. the Ohio River, um, a group of Evansville, Indiana teenagers reported seeing 10 of the creatures in the athletic field of Lincoln High School. The creatures, they said, quote, lopped off into the darkness, end quote, after the teens began lobbing rocks at them. But honestly, what the fuck else were they supposed to do? Just stand there and get fucking rocks thrown at them? Give me a fucking break. Don't throw rocks at me or I'll shoot a gun inside my house. Fuck. <laughs> God damn. It was a classic, just like the Ohio State coach said. It's a classic rock fight. A classic rock fight. Which we all know. We all know. We've Apparently all been there. these aliens don't get it. Chris Holtman grew up in Indiana. He's from Evansville. <laughs> he was one of these kids yeah. <laughs> throwing rocks at aliens. A classic rock fight. Uh, so one week before the Hopkinsville incident on August 14th, 1955. Now I know this can't be a copycat because it happened before, but bear with me. Evansville local Darwin Johnson reported being grabbed and pulled underwater by a quote-unquote lizard man wow. while swimming in the Ohio River southwest of Evansville, an attack that bore a remarkable similarity to a scene from Creature from the Black Lagoon, mm. which was released a year earlier, mm -hmm. 1954. After the reports of the little men in Hopkinsville, Darwin Johnson amended her story, reporting she and other members of her group had seen a flying saucer shortly before swimming although they had failed to mention it in their earlier interviews. She now claimed her attacker must have been the same creatures who terrorized the families in uh, Kelly on their way to the Bluegrass State. Wow. So she thinks that she was the precursor to the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. For those of you who listened to our Flatwoods Monster episode, I think, uh, I think there's going to be some, I feel like there's going to be some information later on that will be very similar to what we talked about there mm -hmm. with how this thing, maybe the skeptics take of the, how this thing morphed and uh we'll see yeah we'll see what you i think, don't know art. i don't know i'm with you bunk fuckers i don't know but mm -hmm. i that's my guess yeah all right we'll see we'll see how right art is okay. i'm not, not gonna show my hand yet Ooh, okay all right so he's got his hand in his pants <laughs> i can't I show my, i can't see i can't it. show my hand it's on my genitals so interestingly <laughs> one police officer in hopkinsville found the sutton and taylor story very compelling sergeant frank dudas did not visit the sutton farmhouse to investigate that night but reported having his own experience with UFOs in 1954 when he and another officer saw three flying saucers. Dudas even used the patented bunker scale of probability to rate the Sutton-Taylor encounter, telling the Kentucky New Era newspaper, quote, I think the whole story is entirely plausible. Whoa, 
I know. It, I know. I saw the saucers. If I saw them, the Kelly story could certainly be true. Whoa! Interesting verdict, <laughs> Frank Dudas. Uh, hello, Frank Dudas. I think you fucking dead ass owe us some restitution. Some fucking what are they called when you get uh, payments for like a commercial that you did? <laughs> Uh, a we, lot of years ago, we, royalties, royalties, yeah, yeah, for fucking leasing our fucking uh, intellectual property, the bunker scale, dude ass, yeah, dude ass said uh, so entirely plausible, which is not that's not even on, on the, the scale, scale bro. So he's a little bit off book here. God, um, so fucking dude ass, that's crazy. That's that might be one of the first bunker encounters, but we still own the intellectual property, so right, to, right, he has to pay us retroactively, right? This is I know how the law works. He's been using that for half a century without our permission. So yeah, exactly. He owes us a lot. <laughs> it's very cool. One of the things that I really love, and maybe I'll talk about this more in the discussion. I love. Uh, there's nothing I would take from the 1950s except this. Is that like people could be like, I saw a fucking alien, and then the whole town would be like, we gotta go fucking investigate. Drop everything. What happened? <laughs> and they'll be like, I don't know, I saw something up there. They'll be like, fucking, let's get everybody in on this. We need the whole town. <laughs> I love that. I grew up in a rural area. I can only imagine if uh someone came to my house when I was a kid and was like, Hey, I just saw an alien over here. I would I be know. like, I uh I have to go inside now. <laughs> Gonna, I don't know. There's just something about it. I'm just going like, to lock the door. There's no, nothing to do with you, but I right. am going to lock the door and go away from the windows. I just love it. It's like all all the town. Then the fucking Air Force shows up. And they're like, all right, tell us exactly. They're like, it was a silver monkey. And they're like, okay, we got to write this down. Did you get that? Silver. So it's just, I don't know. There's just something funny about it that tickles me. I love it. Yeah. Big time investigation. It's just that whole era. This is still the early days of uh, I know this was new ufology though. So this right. is you know this is all new stuff. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the um, I don't want to I hesitate to call this official, but the investigation that ufologists did into the the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter okay. again at the time this is a very new field of study. So right, it's not like it's not like now where you can call it MUFON and they'll come and investigate. So yeah. Um, law enforcement didn't find much. Uh, the Air Force didn't seem to do much, if any, investigation officially. Uh, the press loved the story, but they sensationalized it. And as we saw, mixed it up with other encounters and kind of used the incident to mock the Sutton family and friends. The initial the initial reporting on it was very serious, very matter of fact. And then it turned almost immediately after that to be more inbred, about stupid, carny fucking <laughs> right. <laughs> Fine little silver monkeys think it's an alien. <laughs> right. And it, we will we will talk about that. But that is pretty much right. Um, <laughs> but so uh, what was what was really going on at that night at the old Sutton farmhouse? What was really happening? Mm. We're looking to the ufologist for maybe some answers here. So the aforementioned ufologist, Isabel Davis did a deep dive investigation in 1956 into the Kelly Hopkinsville incident. Davis interviewed the family. Obviously we already mentioned this um, interviewed investigators, compiled maps, drawings, and other reports of similar happenings. If you, if you, you can, the PDF to the, the book is linked in the show notes. So I do suggest if you want to give it a read, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff in there. So in the report, Davis summarized the concern about the lack of physical evidence, but to her reckoning, none of the possible explanations, a deliberate hoax, a publicity play group hallucinations. None of that made sense. While questions arose about whether the young men were exaggerating, possibly fueled by hidden stores of liquor, 
Davis's strong impression after meeting Glennie Langford was one of a somber, no-nonsense matriarch who abhorred the limelight and had no reason to lie. None of the witnesses, Davis noted, had any history of making, quote, preposterous allegations, end quote. But the whole family works in the carnival industry. It's, which it's, is showmanship. Admittedly, there is an interesting dynamic at play here. There is. Uh, which we will discuss. Yes. Um, so that's that's kind of the official take. Isabel Davis walked away from this feeling that the family was fairly consistent okay. in how they told their story. She didn't sense any nonsense from any of them. It certainly didn't, if it was for publicity... They certainly didn't seem to enjoy the publicity that they got. And if it was about making money, they didn't make any money. Mm. Um, so she just has no reason to doubt their sincerity. Okay. okay. Um, so as for other people have, I guess, extrapolated a little further is what I'm going to say and tried to determine, okay, let's, these are skeptics, of course, let's assume that it's not ETs. What could it be? Right. So uh, even though the incident became a popular example of, potential ET encounters. Um, not everybody obviously is in that mindset. So there are alternative explanations from the time included the suggestion that test flight monkeys used in rocket experiments crashed in the area. Some said the little men were actually monkeys. Billy Ray and Lucky had brought back from the carnival or that the King's circus was passing through Hopkinsville when a truck full of monkeys got separated from the convoy. They let the monkeys out to exercise and the monkeys ran off to the woods only to reappear later and torment the Sutton farmhouse. Well, how are those monkeys supposed to exercise? You won't get them a little monkey bench and little monkey weights and a little monkey barbell. So they can do monkey bench press or monkey deadlifts. <laughs> now, the little fucking monkeys are just walking around. What are they supposed to do? They're doing calisthenics. They need barbell training. Now, as much as I want to believe that what they saw that night were bulletproof monkeys... <gasps> That escaped from a from a carnival truck that took a wrong turn in Hopkinsville. There's a there's a there's a really there's a problem with this extremely cool rad hypothesis, which is that there was literally no evidence that the King Circus was anywhere near Hopkinsville Aww. on that night, or that the creatures seen by the farmhouse occupants were even remotely monkeyish. Monkeyish. So there's no no evidence at all, but. Uh, there was also a notable tongue-in-cheek explanation found in a U.S. Senate Republican memo published by the Senate GOP Policy Committee that the visitors were simply Democrats turned, quote-unquote, green with envy at the popularity of President Dwight Eisenhower. Woo! God damn! Take that, mid-1950s Democrats! I guess you all were the real green men in this story. Woo! Getting political with it, getting heated up. God damn. Raking the muck. Green with envy. <laughs> Woo. Now that's slander. Got him. Uh, nowadays, the incident is commonly explained as either an elaborate hoax or perhaps more charitably that the group was shocked by the meteor shower, uh, the Kappa Signids meteor shower, uh, which is part of the Perseids which was taking place at the time. If you guys might know. <laughs> it's me, that that officer. Yeah. Meteor man. Meteor guy. Mr. Meteor. <laughs> I got a lot of different names. <laughs> yeah, the Kappa Signids. I, was, uh, I pledged Kappa Signa in, uh, in college. So, um, so this, there's a hypothesis now that the group was sort of 
shocked by this meteor shower. Um, they were panicked, potentially also drunk from moonshine, uh, and ended up confusing a pair of aggressive great horned owls. God damn it. Which are common in the area as an extraterrestrial menace. The luminescent patch on the grass has been described by Skeptoid's own superhunk, handsome Brian Dunning, as being consistent with foxfire, a bioluminescent glow produced by some species of fungus. Art? Hmm? Owls? Fuck. Fuck that, man. It's always goddamn birds. And hey, by the way, you know who's suggesting this owl hypothesis, right? None other than friend of the show, even though he doesn't know it, Joe Nickel. Skeptic Joe Nickel. Um, This actually... Joe came up with this hypothesis. Joe did an investigation into this. Okay. He was asked by the, I don't know, Hopkinsville, whatever, by the body that was celebrating the 50th anniversary of this encounter. Uh Uh-huh. And they asked him to come and investigate. And so, yeah, he was basically like, it's it's And it took every every fiber of his being to not say it was a bear. Right. I mean, it is is good to see him, like, branching out and blaming (laughs) something paranormal on anything other than a black bear, but... (laughs) Oh, wait, you know what, Art? Actually, I'm reading Joe's Skeptical Inquirer article about it right now. And hmm, while he does say the ETs were actually owls, he also says that Billy Ray Taylor was, in fact, a black bear. So there you go. God damn it. Joe Nickel, no! (laughs) You almost almost had it. He can't help himself. He's addicted to black bears. Something in here is a black bear. (laughs) I can feel it. My black bear sense is tingling. Oh, it's just my stomach was growling. I don't know what you... Oh, he's a bear! Growling like a black bear! (laughs) Black bears growl! (laughs) So, uh, some local people at the time, and other people, doubted the honesty of the Suttons, and neighbors uh, dismissed the whole affair as a drunken debacle and the result of too much moonshine. In the wake of the press reports of the incident, lots of people visited the Sutton farmhouse, and hoping to catch a glimpse of something out of this world. And when I say visited, I mean that they just showed up there because, you know, this is back before you're locate, you know, people, it's like, here's where they live. Yeah. And this is where you can go. And so people just start showing up there. Jesus. And they start looking around. They, you know, there's no fence or anything at the farmhouse. Sure. So people just start walking around the property looking for stuff. Yeah. That would piss me off. They too. start knocking on the door. They start asking to come inside right. and look around. Right. And it's just, it's not investigators. It's just people. So uh, many uh, visitors came to the house looking around. Guys like you. Guys like me. And this is something I would do. They accuse the Suttons of being ignorant or frauds. So they come to the house and then tell them, like, they show up, they look around, they're like, yeah, you're fucking lying. You ignorant piece of shit. Which is something I would do. Now, the account of them being, like, drunk and shooting at each other with guns. Uh, this was disputed by Glennie Langford, who continued to insist the incident really happened and that neighbors were spreading lies about the family, like that the aliens came out of a bottle. Oh, I see what they're saying there. Right, right. It's one of those clever 1950s way of, like, dissing your ass. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for what it's worth, the police investigating that night also said it didn't appear that anybody had been drinking. Investigators also seemed to feel that whatever had happened, the people at the house that night had been genuinely scared of it. Also, the people at the Sutton farmhouse that night in 1955 all gave mostly consistent accounts of the events when being interviewed at the time and continued to give fairly consistent testimony even when interviewed years later. That said, Billy Ray Taylor seemed to be the most willing to embellish details and was considered by contemporary investigators to be the least reliable witness. 
He's the showman of the group. His name is Billy Ray. He's Billy Ray. You you meet a guy named Billy Ray, you, he's got to have a big personality. He's, you he's, don't find a guy like me named Billy Ray. <laughs> I would just be like, my name's Will. Artie Ray? <laughs> like, if you have two first names like that, you're going to be a big personality. <laughs> it's just nature versus nurture, right? You gotta, like, yeah, you got to you gotta bring You got to live up to Billy Ray. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's Billy Ray. He uh, likes to play chess. No. He's Billy Ray. He likes to embellish stories about shooting alien monkeys. He's a bit of an introvert, likes to play chess, doesn't like to talk to others yeah. much. Billy Ray. Yeah. So most of the people in the house that night seem to have a reputation as being reliable prior to the encounter. And their behavior following the incident didn't seem to change that opinion. Uh, however, the Suttons uh, ended up not really endearing themselves to the neighbors after the encounter uh, when the family started charging admission to the farmhouse. Okay. But hold on, maybe this criticism is not all that fair, Art. Initially, people started showing up uh, and visiting the house. Like we said, it's very intrusive. The family put up no trespassing signs and tried to get people to stay away from the house, and it didn't work. So they got accused of being drunk, dumb, lying fucks, you know, to paraphrase people. Right. Um, So they decided, hey, people are going to fucking do this anyway, despite us asking them not to. Let's start charging admission. And then everybody accused them of trying to make a big deal, uh, you know, a grift, grifting people out of their money for visiting their house. So the Suttons, it seems, could do no right in the eyes See, of popular that, okay. opinion. Okay, I'm like, I'm right. You damned if you do, damned if you don't. You might as well make a buck off of it, Suttons. Like, yeah. very smart. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. So regardless, and here, here's an important part, I think. The family moved away from the Kelly, Kentucky farmhouse for good, mm. not long after the incident. That's sad. So Glennie Langford moved into a new housing development at Hopkinsville. The rest of the family went there, you know, to wherever they lived, Hopkinsville or wherever else. Um, and for a while, they even went to Michigan. They got used to using indoor plumbing. Right. For yeah. First times in their yes. lives. Yes. They finally. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> and they wouldn't go back. They didn't really like going back to the farmhouse. Relic- I don't blame them. I, I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad. You know, that's that sucks. I mean, they're trying their best to make a buck off of it. And it's like, you know. Yeah. Fucking ruining your house. That sucks. Yeah. And I think Glennie had a daughter who lived in Michigan. And it's like the week after because they were just constantly bombarded with people. They just went to Michigan, the whole the whole family just to get away. So make of that what you will. Um, PureMichigan.com. Yeah. Hi, it's me, Tim Allen. <laughs> is, he, <laughs> is he doing Michigan ads? Yeah, he does the voiceover. Oh, I had no idea. If you want to know where you can score Coke, I still know <laughs> lots of people in Michigan. And let me tell you, this Coke is pure, pure Michigan. <laughs> um, so one of the police officers who investigated the incident the night of the encounter uh, has a pretty interesting hypothesis. The family was drunk and somebody was throwing a cat at a screen door to scare people inside the house. Arthur Haas Kanzler, okay. Haas Kanzler was a sheriff from a nearby town and joined other policemen at the Sutton Farmhouse to investigate the night of the encounter. Haas said this to the Kentucky New Era paper in 2003, so quite a while after the investigation. Quote, when I saw the Sutton's daughter reach up and pull that cat off the screen and the cat scream, I knew, th- I knew then that that was the Martian. End quote. Uh, oh man wow i hope that's not true that's not nice don't throw your cats at screen doors please god um but arthur hoss man that has given me some thoughts <laughs> what have i been doing have you ever thought about going by hoss i should really start going by hoss 
I don't know. Bunk bunkers, what do you think? Can you start? Can I can I start having the nickname the Hoss? I think that you should go with Arthur Salacious B. Hoss. <laughs> <laughs> I like Salacious Arthur Salacious B. Hoss Stone. <laughs> salacious Stone. <laughs> salacious crumb. He's salacious. Salacious. I don't even know what that means, but it just sounds dirty. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. That's that is a that's a crazy fucking story. I hope that one's not true. <clears throat> so, regardless of what you think actually happened that night in 1955, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter with the so-called Hopkinsville goblins has left an indelible mark on ufology, skeptical inquiry, and pop culture. That's a big shadow for some weird little men. That's true. This story has inspired plenty of extraterrestrial and paranormal movies like E.T. and Gremlins. Oh. Art, see? Callback. There's a Pokemon based on these little critters. Which one? Uh, oh, crap. I'm going to look it up. I forget its name. Uh, the encounter as seen as a great, is seen as a great example of an encounter with extraterrestrial life and one that can't, at least in the mind of some ufologists, be entirely explained by the skeptical conclusions. It's also seen by skeptics as a good example of a pseudoscientific scenario. So good a question, that, so good, in fact, that it's even featured in a prominent academic paper about pseudoscience. Oh. What's the name Sableye. of it? Sableye. That's it, Sableye. Oh, yeah, I know Sableye. Cool. That's a cool one. Sableye is the Pokemon based off of the uh, Kelly, yeah. the Hopkinsville Goblin. That's sick. Cool. Pokemon. So, also interesting to note, Gotta catch them all. in 2017, the USA was directly in the path of a solar eclipse. Oh, One of the best places to view the eclipse in terms of both obscuring the sun disk and therefore length of viewing time was Hopkinsville, Kentucky. And the date? August 21st, 2017, exactly 62 years after the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Wow. Coincidence? We'll let you draw your own conclusions, bunk funkers. That is, of course, after Art and I have had the opportunity to poison your thoughts with our own ignorant takes on this story. But whatever your verdicts, let's keep the Sutton clan in our thoughts because this event really turned their lives upside down. They had to move away from Kelly. They were probably thinking, where am I going to live? It really makes you realize there really ain't no good goodbye. I just hope that someday, somewhere, somehow, the Sutton family is visited by somebody new. Maybe a tube-shaped being full of interesting information. I hope they get visited by the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. 
Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, welcome back, Bugfuckers. That was our verdicts. Nope, that was our research. <laughs> that was our verdicts. I How hope do I fucking do this? Hope you enjoyed the discussion. <laughs> that was our research. What, you mean you don't remember what the discussion was? Wow, Bugfuckers, you're really <laughs> slipping. Go back and listen to it again. <laughs> uh, that was our research on the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Uh, with us still is me and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I have to take another leave. <laughs> oh, Okay. I'm going back on hiatus. Uh, this is such a fun one, Andy. I love this one. Uh, this is great. All around great. Lot of meat to chew on with this one. Lot of influence. But you know what's the wildest thing is it's not, it's just like it. there's no little green, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. It was Little Silver Monkeys. Little Silver Monkey. Man. My favorite uh, team on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, the Little Silver Monkeys. <laughs> Was it the Silver Monkeys? I think, was it Jade Monkeys? Oh, yeah. Silver Barracuda, Red Barracudas? Ooh, God. Bungfunkers, what were the name of the Legends of the Hidden Temple characters? And I what, don't remember. What Legends of the Hidden Temple team would you want to be on? Wow. When you went on that show, did you get to pick? How come that show hasn't been revived yet? You know, that's a show you think they would have fucking... How, why haven't they revived and absolutely just massacred, like, because it would never work, all the old Nickelodeon shows? Like, fucking the Agro Crag from Dare. What was it? Guts? Dare or something? Double Dare. Double, Double Dare. Dare. Double Dare. Yeah, the Agro Crag was like the fucking uh, mountain at the end that they had to climb. I don't remember this. Agro Crag. I think that's what it's called. Huh. Don't quote me on it. Mark anyway, Summers. Mark fucking Summers. Let us get, know what's up. Get somebody named like... Mark Summers too busy on the Food Network to play game shows I anymore, know. I guess. Playing Unwrapped. Tell me about the origins of a Twinkie. Yeah, also, you can... Uh, you know... Um, Look, it's in my pants. I'm like, Jesus. Mark while Summers. I was away, Bunk Funkers, I did do a collaboration with Mark Summers. Did you? Yeah, he did. He did. He combined Unwrapped. His, his OnlyFans, which is Unwrapped After Dark... And my OnlyFans, uh, which is, again, Burger King 69ing Mayor McCheese, um, we did a crossover episode where he undresses all of the mascots, and then they sucked his dick. <laughs> so if you ever want to see Grimace suck Mark Summer's dick <laughs> to completion. If you ever wanted to see that. You ever thought to yourself, I'd really like to see that. Guess what? Now you can see it. Because you're never, Because I bet you never thought of Grimace's lips before. <laughs> Did you, Bunk Bunkers? Yeah. You probably just look at him and see an orifice. But you no. See, you see just an open mouth that looks like, it looks like the mouth was cut out from the face <laughs> and that there's no real structure, no, but you're wrong. Dimensional. There's definitely lips there. They are covered in fur. Purple fur. So is... <laughs> So is Grimace's anus. Oh, wow. Now he has a he has an anus. He doesn't have a cloaca. No, no, he doesn't have a cloaca. Wow. Bunkfuckers? He has he has he has a very small penis with a very wide urethra. 
<laughs> it's like hidden inside the fur. Right. But it's very small, so it doesn't you can't see it. Which is why he's good as a children's mascot, because his genital ah. you know, they don't have to put a diaper on him or anything. He's fully house trained. They don't have to put a diaper on him. He can't control his own bowels. No, he can. They don't have to. He's house trained. But his penis doesn't, it's not going to show up. Like, kids aren't going to see it. His fur's too thick. (laughs) So, yeah, check that out. Uh, Grimace sucking Mark Summer's dick. Very cool. Very hot. It's a 48-minute long video. Mark Zimmer's gonna last a long time. Holy shit! Yeah, he. Uh, well, you would think Grimace. Grimace starts sucking your dick. You'd be like, "Oh shit, I'm done." I'm done. Fifteen seconds. I'm, yeah. I'm there. Well, you know, Mark kept saying, "Oh, I never worked. I never really did pornography before this, and so I take all those drugs to help me last longer." But I don't know how much to take. <laughs> God damn it. Um, check that out, bunk bunkers. Seriously. Pay for it. Right now. Um, all right. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, we were talking about bringing that back. Yeah, people should... I've, I'm shocked that no one's tried to bring that back and then absolutely ruined it by trying to do a reboot. Um, but this is a great story. I really like this one. What's uh, What's sticking out to you on this one? It's just there's a lot. there's a lot to sink your teeth into. I got to be honest, I fully expected when I started to read about this, Mm -hmm. I fully expected to say it's owls. I'm going to, I fully expected to get to the end of this and go, it's owls. Yeah. Without knowing much of anything, I was like, I was like, oh, this whole fucking thing's so embellished and it's just fucking two owls, you know, I'm not so sure, honestly. And I'll tell you why the the thing that gets me is the de- the description of the great horned owl with the description of the goblin. Goblin. I don't necessarily find those super inconsistent. I think the big thing is probably the height. Um, the goblins were described as being like around four feet tall. Wow. Whereas a horned owl is probably only like two or three feet tall. Is that a big enough difference? You know, to make you go, oh, it can't be an owl. I don't know. Some people find that really more compelling. It's it's a reason to give pause. But I think the thing for me is that the, the everybody in the farmhouse is pretty much saying the same thing, that they were shooting these things and that they are doing flips and scurrying away. Like, if you shoot an owl. Yeah, it's just going to fall gonna, to the ground. It's not going to, like, float to the ground and then run away. Right. Scurry off. Right. Like, that behavior... Is more in line with a monkey or a cat, right? Like I don't know what to make of it though. And the thing about the thing about the stories is, you know, we we talked about this. Billy Ray is the least reliable, and he gets this reputation because basically what happened in the immediate aftermath of the the next day after, investigators started coming to the house, right? And they're and they're looking around and doing all this stuff, and the family's all on edge. But the thing is, it was only the women. That were at the house. So Glenny's there. Aileen's there. Uh, June Taylor is there. 
and the kids, the three younger kids are there. But OPJC, <laughs> Billy Ray, JT, uh, TJ, Lucky, yeah. they're all gone. They left. Um, they went to Evansville or some of them, they went, went different. Lucky went out hunting with a friend. The other three went to Evansville to like pick up a truck or something. You can, you can do that a different day. That's the thing. They didn't know the investigators were coming. Well, that's the thing. If they're, if they're, if this is a hoax, right? Yeah. And they're trying to do this for publicity, notoriety. They potentially missed their whole chance to be on the record about this. Right. If they're, if they're trying to collect money from people, they have no system in place to do that. It's just a free for all at the house. There's no, they didn't put up gates. It's not an orderly entrance. People are just showing up. And you would think that these carnies would know a thing or two about that. Exactly. Right. And the, the two car, all the carnival folk are not there. They're not really do. They're not really leveraging this for anything. And so when, uh, the investigators are there, uh, there was a local, um, one of the local people, uh, from the radio station was like, did pretty extensive interviews of the family the day after, and even did like several drafts of a sketch of one of the creatures. So they initially with the, with the women at the house, uh, he, he did a sketch and then later in the day, lucky Taylor comes back, uh, or I'm sorry, Billy Sutton, Billy Ray, uh, Taylor comes back. I'm sorry. I got their names mixed up. Billy Seattle Sutton, Billy Ray, Billy Ray Taylor comes back to the house after hunting and Billy Ray starts, you know, initially saying, yeah, this is pretty close, but then he kind of starts embellishing. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's got this thing and that thing. And, oh, here's what the nose look like. And so then later, a little bit later after that, the other three guys come back. And I guess the way that people characterized Lucky is that anytime he was around, he was in charge. Hmm. Like, he seems like he's the top dog. So, and if it's not him, it's his older brother, JC, that seems to be like the in charge person. And then it's, it's Glennie Langford after that. Wow. Like that's the pecking order. Like that she's a very like strong character. So Lucky and JC come back and Lucky's like, no, nah, this is, he didn't, this is fucking, this is wrong. Like, and so he starts first, he's like ready to throw out the guy from the radio station, but then he kind of like loosens up a little and starts talking about it. Jeez. But so they get to this drawing finally that everybody agrees on. Like, this is what they saw, but nobody, the thing I think is interesting about it is that they were all separate like this. And nobody comes in and says something crazy, right? Nobody says anything that's totally different, really. They all are in agreement. So at what point did they all decide, like, here's exactly what this looked like, and we're all going to have these consistent responses to these questions and stuff. Hmm. Like, the consistency of their testimony is something that I think is surprising. That's Especially true. considering a hoax. And you didn't get that with Flatwoods Monster. No, you saw that story evolve a little bit. Yeah, the kids were the ones embellishing it like crazy and adding all the other things on top of it. The actual end look of the thing was not even invented by the people. Right. They only had the head. Yeah, and then they just kind of agreed to right. what somebody else suggested. Right, but this is this is a group of people uh, putting forth a story that they all agree upon. Right, and you know they're talking about this years later even and the story is pretty consistent you know you got to expect there's going to be some 
maybe differences in the retelling, but it's not like aside from this one thing where Glennie Langford signed a statement that said that it was a monkey. There's no, there's no real disagreement with any of the things that they said the night of, even as they go get older and time passes between the incident. Wow. I think it's pretty compelling. It is. Now I'm not saying that I think it was extraterrestrials. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, it does, it makes them, I don't know. What did they see? Can I completely buy Joe Nichols theory that it's owls? Do I think that these people were really so confused by owls? No, because I think if they were shooting them, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe something metallic. Yeah, why did they hear these met- metallic sounds? And what about that bioluminescent patch? Yeah, is that actually fungus? Is it foxfire? Or was it something else? Was it salacious be crumbcum? Salacious crumbcum. Salacious become. <laughs> foxfire. I've never seen this before. It's like a... Um, is that like a browser? <laughs> <laughs> it just is like a little glowing green. Oh, wow. It's very glowy. Yeah, it's very... I mean, it seems... I've never seen it in person. I've only seen it in photographs, but it seems fairly bright. It's right? also an Angelina Jolie movie. Wow. I'm going to have to go home and check that out. Yeah, definitely. Um, Or... You show? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, wow, that's that's very fucking glowy. Holy shit! And I'll have to say, we we reference Brian Dunning a lot. Well, he's podcast. so handsome, right? He's so handsome, oh. and he's got that bad boy cachet because of his time in prison. And I think the thing that at least I walk away from from his skeptoid episode on this uh-huh. is really that he's like, I don't know exactly what happened, but I'm inclined to believe that it wasn't extraterrestrials. It yeah, was probably owls. But he's usually, I think you will agree with me on this. Usually, yeah. he's more matter of fact. Like he wants to dump. It's obvious that this was owls. Right. It's obvious, but this one, you know, there's a lot of issues with how they did the investigation. Investigators didn't go about this in a very coordinated way. No. Everybody shows up at the farmhouse the night of, and as Isabel Davis points out, there's no there was no systematic approach for gathering shell casings or anything like that. Right, right. So that right. they could put them like on a map and exactly. figure out where they were and stuff. There's none of that. They just start traipsing around, picking stuff up, moving it. People are wandering. There's no evidence that anybody ever investigated the gully that's behind the house where the craft allegedly landed. Hmm. So there and Here's another thing too. People are saying, well, there's no evidence of scorched earth or anything like that where the but who's to say that this has a rocket propulsion system? It may not be burning the ground as it comes down. Yeah. It may not be rocket propulsed. Like we 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 don't we would have to assume that it's not if it's from another planet, another solar system. So there's just like a lot of questions about did the investigators even do that good of a job? Cause it's like, then they go into the house, they find some shell casings and they're like, yeah, we'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> so they've contaminated the, cr- the scene, you know, there's no, and by the time they get out there the next day, like other people have started to show up yeah. and stuff. So, and they're not, you know, the family left in the night and then came back in the morning. Like they probably didn't, they probably to move stuff, you know, 
If it was the amount of aminals and critters that they said it was, there would be some fucking dead bodies. You'd think, right? On the floor or the ground of whatever aminal or critter it is. Yeah. Because they the, the estimates are like probably three to four, like three to five maybe. Yeah. Creatures. And news reports said like upwards of 15 creatures. Wow. But it's really hard to say because they're the... I think the way that most people think about it is like there's only a few of them and they keep popping up different places. Yeah, like whack-a-mole. It's almost like, yeah, whack-a-mole. It's like a shooting gallery type uh-huh. of deal. But who knows? And I agree with you. If they kept shooting these things, wouldn't there be a dead owl somewhere that they could find? And owls are not fucking group critters. They're like solitary, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know about why owl would behavior. why would four or five owls be all attacking the same target together? Yeah, Joe's that Joe, makes no fucking sense. Joe's hypothesis, I think, is kind of along the lines of there's like a couple of owls, and they got two owls. Like bros. Billy, like Billy Ray, when he went to the well, got maybe too close to their nest or something, and they're just like at this point in the year where the owls are very territorial, mm. defending their nests, and so whatever he did, they felt threatened by it, and so that's why they. But then it's Classic also like, bird move. but then it's also like he goes back inside, he tells people, and then that doesn't happen until like half an hour later, an hour later. So the owls were like rallying troops or what? Like that's not, that doesn't make sense. And then attack the house. <laughs> yeah. Why would they attack the house? Yeah. Like that makes no fucking sense. I mean, almost to believe the skeptics take on this, you have to believe that the people aren't being honest about what happened. That they were doing something else outside egging these owls on or that the timeline is different than what they yeah, say. Yeah, wearing big t-shirts that say fuck owls, flipping the bird, have giant right. foam fingers with the middle finger right, at the right. owl yeah, and yeah. like, you know. Yeah, just, dressed like art. <laughs> yeah, dressed like me as I do when I'm out and about, um, you know. And, and yeah, you're just antagonizing the owls, egging the owls on to come do something. You're filming the owls constantly with your phone. <laughs> just getting them just getting them riled up just trying to i hey i'm just you know i'm out there free speech you know it's my it's just my free speech so i like to think now that these owls were like boomers (laughs) and they were getting really like testy with uh, the person working the cash register out in the farm there and billy ray came out and he was like what the fuck and he starts filming it with his phone and they're like you know what? You can turn off the phone, okay? I don't, you don't have my permission to record this. Have you ever seen that one video of the guy who goes, you're not the guy, buddy. You're not the guy, buddy. You ever yeah, seen that yeah, one? Like I've He's like one. really intense in a CS, CVS and the guy's just filming him. Yeah. He's just like, you're not the fucking guy, buddy. <laughs> that's the owl. Yeah, that's the owl. You're not the guy. Billy Ray's just like, oh, my whole book. I saw a video the other day of some old older guy in a CVS and the guy at the cash register was like, you can just press the red button on the, like whatever the yeah. pin pad or thing. And the guy was like, I don't understand why you can't just press the button for me. And the guy's like, it's on your side. Like, I just want you, it's your transaction. Like you just need to press the red button. And the guy just wouldn't do it. <laughs> I always wonder if these things are staged, but it's like, who has this kind of time? Some people just have a fucking fuse, my man. Yeah. Um, so those are the owls. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I don't think in my verdict I'm going to be. I don't know. I don't I don't think I can be convinced by owls. 
Um, yeah, I don't love the skeptics take here. You know what? I'm willing to grant Brian Dunning that maybe this is some bioluminescent fungus growth thing. Cause it's weird, right? Like that's, and they only found one spot when they were searching. So I don't know, you know, what's the likelihood of that being there at that particular moment, but it doesn't seem totally unreasonable. Yeah. The fungus is the least of my concerns. I yeah. can believe some fungus. Yeah. It's everything else that gets some me. Some fungus among us. Um, it's everything else that's sus. Yeah. Yeah. I think there may be something else among us. Among us. Um, I don't know, Andy. Are we here to get to verdicts now? Uh, I could get to verdicts. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to discuss? You know, no, I don't know. Uh, I think this is a great story, like I said. Uh, great legacy. A lot of cool influence, whether the... Uh, the Sutton family, uh, you know, intended that or not. Yeah. They left their mark. Much like Flatwoods, West yeah. Virginia, this now, there is now a Kelly Little Green Men Festival that happens. Look at that. Every year on uh, the anniversary of this, August 21st. That's fun. Um, and during, in 2017, obviously, Kelly is like, Kelly's this area that's like seven or eight miles north of Hopkinsville. Mm-hmm. So, the eclipse was really prominent in that part of the country. Uh, and it coincided with the little green men festival. Wow. Cause it was the same, you know, it was 62 years after the event. That's fun. And so I think also the festival, uh, they were giving away a uh, Mitsubishi eclipse 2017. I don't even, I don't think that's a joke. I heard that on astonishing legends and I don't think that's a joke. But I can't imagine uh-huh. anything more I'd rather receive from an extraterrestrial festival than a Mitsubishi eclipse. Right, so verdicts, huh? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into this verdict. And I'm going to give this plausible minus and a half. Wow. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Do I think it was extraterrestrials? No, not at all. I've been pretty clear about that, I think all throughout my my time being allowed to be on the show that it doesn't fit in with my view of the universe that something like this would happen from an extraterrestrial standpoint. Okay. Uh, I just am not convinced by that. I don't know why a small detachment of extraterrestrials would land in a gully in rural Kentucky and approach a farmhouse. Right. (laughs) I, I mean... You know, I suppose you could probably draw some logical explanations that, oh, this is some sort of a scout force trying to learn more about local life and yada, yada, yada. But it's sort of like, okay, they probably have other ways of doing that without getting actual creatures shot at. Right. Um, So I don't really find that all that compelling, but I just can't get on board with this skeptic explanation. This is a pickle. This is a real pickle for me. So- I'm plausible minus and a half because I can't be plausible green anything because yeah. I don't really think that that's where I should be. But the skeptics, they didn't come up with a good rebuttal to me. Right. I mean, no offense to Joe Nickel, but this is some pretty fucking shitty work that he did. And he's a big dumbass. And <laughs> this whole thing is just such garbage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I get it that 
it's like he's coming in 50 years later. Right. Trying to figure this out. The family doesn't like to talk about this. They're so, done talking about so it. So you're trying to piece it together from other stuff. And I mean, to me, it just feels like he's kind of taking a shot in the dark. Like, here's something that could possibly explain it. He's, you know, he's taking a layup. Right, right. He's not really sitting there fucking putting in the footwork. He's just right. going, there you go. Yeah. And I, I, you know, whatever. I, I phone it in as much as anybody. Yeah, we all phone it in. Uh, constantly. Yeah. But... I just don't, I just, I can't get on board with the skeptic's explanation. It does. I don't find it really yeah. compelling. You know, yeah. Mothman, Flatwoods Monster. Right. Found those much more compelling. Sure. A lot better explanations for those. Yeah. Because the behavior, not the same as this. You know what I mean? There's a behavioral component to these Hopkinsville goblins that I just don't know that it jives with an owl or a monkey. Where are all the dead monkey bodies? Show me the monkey bodies. Show me the monkey bodies. <laughs> so plausible minus and a half. That's where I am. Wow. All right. Fair enough, Mandy. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I can't really take the skeptics take either. I think I have to. And, 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 and I'm like with you. I can't also accept alien ships at this point. But um, so I have to almost concoct my own fucking verdict. Oh, my own fucking theory. What's your theory? Now, I, I want to believe escaped rocket ship monkeys. <laughs> right, yeah. I want to believe that. Yeah. But what were they wearing to protect them from the bullets? Yeah. And where are the dead monkey bodies? Right. Where's the monkey blood? Where's the monkey bodies? I mean, the underpinning of Art's verdict could be summarized as habeas monkey corpus. <laughs> exactly. Under the law. And uh, so I have to imagine that maybe it's just like, you know, a meteor shower or something. Um, right. That was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. The so maybe there was like a meteor coming down from the sky, crashed in the gully. Parts of it were fucking shattering off for some reason. I, I don't know. Like I'm trying to fucking formulate some shit. What was hitting the walls that would make metallic noises? Yeah. And maybe there was like branches and shit. Maybe there's trees around the area. I don't know. And maybe there was like debris and shit flying off from this meteor or piece of a plane or something. I don't know. Maybe there was an actual like ship that crashed or something or thing from the base. Something crashed in the gully. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Shattered some pieces and it was debris and it was landing different places. But then it's like, why wouldn't you find the debris in the next morning? Right. I don't know. I have no fucking answers. Maybe it was just regular debris and they're shooting at like branches and stuff, mistaking it for the sound of metal. Yeah. Um, listening to the sound of metal. Um, that's all I can think of because because there's got to be some kind of okay. Maybe it was rocket ship monkeys, and maybe I can believe that. Maybe I can give that a plausible plus. Yeah, I don't know. And they scurried off. Maybe they got shot and scurried off. Right. I don't know. I've never shot a monkey. Stop asking me. Plus, if it was a rocket ship monkey, somebody's fucking gonna look for that rocket. Right, like those monkeys. Like nobody. Like people aren't going to be like. It's not like the air force would be like. Oh fuck! Let's just pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> and maybe, maybe nobody go out there and look for it. But maybe that's why they didn't do a good job with this one because there was actually something there. Yeah, maybe they actually had something to hide. Um. So maybe, maybe I'm. You know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go plausible plus. It's rocket ship monkeys. Okay. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> what else am I supposed to do? Fuck it. 
Do you hear us? Everybody connected to this? Everybody that investigated this? You forced this on art. Plausible plus for rocket ship monkeys. I hope you're happy with yourselves. You sicken me. You frauds. Can't even do a thorough investigation to give him something to sink his teeth into. Yeah. He's got to just go plausible plus on rocket ship monkeys. I got to sit here like an idiot and talk about rocket ship monkeys. And he's got to be plausible plus on it. Do you know how bad this hurts his credibility? God damn you, investigators. I hate that it's come to this, Bunk Bunkers, but I'm sorry. So, Bunk Bunkers, those are our verdicts on the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Little Green Men, let us know what you think. Use the hashtag. Hashtag. I think we got to go with Burger King 69ing Mayor McCheese, right? <laughs> oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't use that because that'll confuse traffic to my OnlyFans. Let's do hashtag Rocket Ship Monkeys. And. Ah, uh, love the rocket ship monkeys. <laughs> so much more powerful than Arctic monkeys. <laughs> or just the monkeys. Hey, hey we're the monkeys. <laughs> now we're Arctic in a rocket ship. Yeah, thank you. Good Arctic monkeys pull. Was not expecting that from you. Wow. Um, one of my favorite bands. Anyway, uh, use the hashtag rocket ship monkeys. Let us know what you think. Uh, email us. Check us out. Uh, email us, mrbuckerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbuckerpod. Uh, find us on YouTube, Mr. Booker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. If you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so. Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. That's right. And uh, there's like over 40 hours of content on there. Access to the Bunker Discord. A fucking cooking video. A cooking video where Andy and I cooked the whole enchilada on cam. Nude. Nude. That's right. The clothes were superimposed in post, but we were nude. We were filming it. Um, that's a real treat. I think bunk funkers, you seem to like it. The bu- patron bunk funkers, you seem to like it. So, um, check it out. Mr. Bunker pod, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker pod. Uh, there's special affiliate links for my only fans <laughs> and my NFT. Those are available only to our patrons. And he's getting those involved. 69% off your first month subscription to my OnlyFans and one free token if, wow. you, if you buy a six pack of my NFTs. One free NFT token. And mm-hmm. we all know how those work. Yeah. So they're delicious. Unfudgeable tokens. Unfudgeable tokens. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Andy. Colonel Andy's have- old, old fashioned bathtub fudge. Money. Fudge money. I just want to say in closing, Bunk Funkers. Yes. What's your thoughts in closing? I do feel kind of bad for Lenny Lankford and family. Yeah. Leave them alone. Because they became the subject of ridicule. Yeah. And to me, unfairly so. Right. I think there's a big class dynamic going on here where- Wow. They were seen as rural, uneducated, you know, itinerant, carny folk. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't think- And the newspapers had fun with that. Right. They had fun with that. Uh, people over the years have had a had a go at them for this because of their rural lifestyle, but they seem to be genuine, honest people who experienced something, were scared, defended themselves in a way they saw fit by shooting at people with their hands in the air, uh, and then they sought help from authorities, and yeah. then for all of that, right, they end up with people barging into their house. Uh, insulting them to their faces. Right. And then when they say, well, 
we might as well charge admission. Then people accuse them of being scammers. It just, they can't do anything right. And I don't think it's very well deserved. It's, it's, it is. You're right, Andy. It is. It's exactly the same as the little old lady who sued McDonald's because the coffee was too hot. Yeah. It ridiculed in the, in the fucking press. The story was stretched beyond its means. Meanwhile, she's got like thousands and thousands of dollars of medical bills. Right. And she never actually even wanted all the, she just wanted them to pay for her medical bills. Yeah. And make the coffee not as fucking hot. Right. That's it. And they they made her go through with that. McDonald's could have taken care of everything. Right. But they forced her hand. She had like third degree burns all up and down her legs and crotch Coffee area. doesn't need to be that hot. You can't drink it that hot. Yeah, I don't know why it needs to be that fucking hot. You're going to get third degrees in your goddamn mouth. Yeah. You can't drink it that hot. It's not her fault. Right. It was, it, it was, was irresponsible. A, it was egregious. It was a, it was a, it was a story that got uh, just lambasted in the media, but, um. And um, yeah, I agree with you, Andy. It's 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 not nice to show up to people's houses unannounced. Don't do that. So if there's one thing we can take away, it's that. <laughs> That's the big takeaway from Art here. Don't ever show up at anybody's house unannounced, especially not his. You need to send a formal letter in the mail, and then let me know, and I will. R- you can RSVP. Talk to your local city government and they will arrange for you to visit art <laughs> by working with his local city government. Right. Um, well, Andy, I think, I think that's that, that about sums it up here, but I um, think so uh, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my Pascal. 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 Oh, host Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that. Was the whole enchilada out of this world, man? Oh, me. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.